Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, insiders, and welcome to uh, another Wednesday edition of Facebook Live. Um, Today, we will be talking about um, what what happens after your claim's denied, what route can you take after your claim's denied. Um, with me today is is Coach Jeff Robert, uh, Rogers, sorry, Jeff, Coach Jeff sorry. Rogers, and I will let him go ahead and uh, while, while you guys are, while he's telling you a little bit about himself, why don't you guys go ahead and put in what branch of service you were in um, and uh, where you currently reside. In the in the chat and we'll give some shout outs all right uh coach jeff go ahead thanks daryl it's a pleasure to teach with you and of course what i see in the background and what i see and i can smell through the computer semper fi always motivated always semper faithful Rah. stay motivated if you got any marines out there come on we got our birthday coming up just like christmas it's never too soon and we have veterans day right after so um, make, we also just celebrated the air force birthday recently so if you are a uh, air force bubba Happy belated. We got October 8th, if I can remember, because we are part Navy, Daryl. We get our paychecks and we're the, we get our uh, in-driver Uber from them as well. But anyway, uh, 10 years Marine Corps veteran, four active, six reserve, uh, went in as an artillery officer, got out as a major, um, 100% permanent total. And I do live down south of the border, down in Mexico. Uh, also work with some of the uh, veteranos de Espanol in Puerto Rico. So if you guys have any questions there, hey, we're here to talk about, right? The denial. You get a denial. What happens after? So, I'm uh, I'm excited to be teaching with uh, Daryl. He's got a lot of good experience, good knowledge, and uh, Semperfy. Semperfy, raw. Uh, just get to Paul real quick. Paul, Semperfy to you as well. Um, <laughs> I'm senior veteran coach Daryl. Um, I've been here for a couple of years now, and uh, I. Obviously, uh, just like Jeff said, I, I served in the Marine Corps during the first Gulf War. Um, and I, uh, interestingly enough, I also worked for the VA for about 11 years. And six and a half of that I spent as a rating specialist. So um, I like to take the knowledge that I've gained by doing that mm -hmm. position and kind of sharing it with everybody and getting that information out. So I think this is going to be a good class. Um, you know, denials happen. It's just part of the game, right? The game the VA likes to play. Um, so... We're going to go ahead and give some shout outs here and then we'll get we'll get into the into the meat of what we do and and uh into the meat of what you can do if you're denied right okay. we got ricky dowdy ricky dowdy semper fi is good to see you man 100 percent permanent yes yeah I graduate yes he is yes he is even uh, if i may the gentleman before jerry kimberlin u.s navy cv and he says right there after that first comma Vietnam vet, 1970-1980. Whatever service you're in, whatever branch or whatever uh, era, I would also specifically have a huge shout out to my Navy vet or my uh, Vietnam vets. Thank you for your service and most importantly, welcome back. Yeah. You didn't get it when you guys were there, but man, you guys towed the line for, I mean, second to Afghanistan. So I appreciate y'all. You guys are doing did some amazing, good stuff. 
Thank you, Daryl. Yep, yep. And you know, in all honesty, with with Vietnam veterans, my dad was a Vietnam veteran serving mm-hmm. Long Tree, uh, Vietnam. He was a, a, a radio communications was his was his MOS. But uh, he's he's a lot of the reason why I got into working with the VA and and uh, you know those Vietnam veterans they always have that mentality you know other people are hurt worse than I am um, but you know like the company says if you serve you deserve so it's not like they're going to take away benefits from you just to give them to somebody else so if you've if you've got something going on you want some help feel free to reach out to uh, to VACI and um, Kelsey will throw that there you go. Um, just have a chat, have a chat with one of our coaches and, and, or one of our, uh, BDRs, um, and, and just see, you know, you're entitled to benefits. And if you're not receiving those benefits, then, then you're not doing yourself or your family a a service. Right. So we'll get back to some more of these, uh, (laughs) my little soapbox. I like to jump on that once in a while. No, it's no, that's exactly what you need to do. Because when I got effective duty in 2013, you know, you talk about your father, right, being your catalyst as to why you started getting into the VA process. You know, my grandfather was Air Force Master Sergeant, retired. I think he did 20, 21 years. He never went to Vietnam and stayed for duration. He did what do they call them? The TD, TDYs. You know, he did some courier duty. He had to, he only went over for a couple of weeks at a time. He was a Korean War veteran. And so he was, he even worked for the Indiana Department of Veterans Affairs. And he always told me, get your butt to the doctor. And I was like, but grandpa, I can't, I'm an officer. He's like, I don't care, get your butt. And of course I did like three times. And those three times are what got me in 2015. I finally decided to, you know, put my my foot, my money where my mouth is and go through it and got 90% based on what was in my medical record. So if you have questions, if you're in that same boat, if you're in the Navy, if you're in that same tracker or up armored, if you're in the army, if you're in that same limo, like in the air force coast guard and a cutter, that was a joke on the air force, but you guys have some pretty good plans and gear, you know, Hey, talk with us, reach out. You know, if we're not a fit for you, we got how many coaches work with us? I don't remember the number, but I know that it's the number that higher than I can count as a Marine. I'll tell you, we would love to speak with you. All right. So thank you for that. Absolutely. So we've got we've got some Air Force veterans with us also. Uh, Tamara Barnett. Marlene Barnett. Fuller. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, got, got some more Marines. We got Gino down there. Simplify Gino. <laughs> All right. And, and sorry, Kelsey, we're just kind of jumping all over the place. We'll try to keep it, uh, try to keep it a little more structured. Okay. Um, but so we're, we're talking about, you know, benefits and, and deserving benefits. Um, and I'm just going to go down a little bit of what we do here at VACI. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, you know, we have what's called the elite program. All right. We're not accredited VSOs or agents or attorneys. What we are, we're a coaching consulting company. Okay. And what we do is we we coach and we consult um, and and we coach you through the claims process. We educate you every step of the way on the claims process. Okay, we provide one-on-one coaching. Right, we build a strategy strategy that's best for you, looking at your information to try to get you to what you deserve legally, morally, and ethically. Right, um, we can coach you through that claim submission process, and it can get pretty. Um, cumbersome sometimes, you know, you got uh, VA.gov that you can work through, and then you've got the other routes we can work through as well. Um, and we'll, we'll get more in depth on those 
as we move along, all right? But we also offer a CMP preparation class um, where you can sit in there with other veterans who are going to get ready for their CMP exam, which um, I think sometimes we get used to using the VA terminology. CMP is compensation and pension exam. Um, so sometimes we get used to using that, that terminology. So I'll try to steer away from that a little bit. But we do give you preparation for that compensation and pension exam, which is probably the most important day in your claims process, right? Um, the company offers Zoom classes, all right? You get coaches who know what they're doing. You get coaches who go down and talk about things like our new client group orientation, right? Um, you can come in if you're a new client. It kind of goes through the whole process, our eight-step process that we use. Uh, we offer mastermind classes. So if you've been with the program for a while and you just have specific questions related to your claim or, or the claims process, you can get in there with one of our coaching experts and, and you can ask those questions and get answers to your questions, right? Um, we do coffee with the coaches every morning at eight o'clock in the morning, um, Central Standard Time. It's a wonderful time. It's a great community for veterans to come together and, and just kind of talk to each other, learn from each other, be around each other. And we've seen some great friendships grow out of that. People who don't even live in the same state as, as another veteran, but you know, we're all veterans, so we get that ability to connect with each other. We also offer, uh, if you're a non-English speaker, your, your first language is Spanish. We offer those Spanish classes. And, and Jeff, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that. Sí, tenemos un programa por los veteranos de español. Es muy importante porque uh, usualmente, especialmente en Puerto Rico, okay, tiene veteranos, no se puede hablar, es inglés bien o no quiere hablar en inglés. Entonces, quiero oferte un programa específicamente por los veteranos de español, igual con el programa de veteranos de inglés. So we have a, an English and Spanish, and you can request that if you need. Um, yeah, I love it. Man, this, I mean, what you said, everything is like, I wish I had this. I wish I had somebody covering my six or was my spotter when I'm taking sniper shots at the 500, you know, 500 yard line doing this you know what i mean i did it myself i know you did it yourself probably and like going through like uh uh what is a five what is a zero nine nine five or six forty one thirty eight you know and i was kind of working with the vso but i was kind of not so i'm like i was all over the place i found this place two years ago i mean outside like i told you earlier outside of being a dad and marine this is the best job i ever had and i was a cop for six years that's saying something this job is a heck of a lot more fun. It's a lot more interactive. You know what I mean? So I, I really love it. I really love to give back and uh, just work, especially I get to work with Marines and all service yeah. members, but Marines is pretty easy. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is definitely a very, it's a very good place to be in. And, and um, like I said, we do offer that Spanish class and, and Jeff kind of went through it there in Spanish, but it's for people who's, First language isn't isn't English, and they're they're more comfortable speaking um, Spanish. With that, I'd like to just take a moment. I know that um, we we have a lot of veterans that are in in Puerto Rico, um, not just this company, but I mean veterans in general. There are a lot of veterans in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. So I just like to take you know just a couple of seconds. They had a hurricane go through. They're in a bad situation over there. I know they lost power, um, but just. Keep them in your thoughts, all 
All right, everybody keep them in your thoughts. Um, hope everybody comes back out on the other side of this thing. Absolutely. Um, going well. Okay. So with that being said, if you're not sure, you're not sure what you want to do, you can do a 30-minute discovery call with VACI. Um, just talk to somebody, get some information, kind of run your scenario by them a little bit, see what they think, um, and, and potentially sign up with us, okay? But with all of that being said, um, we'd love to par partner with you on your on your VA journey. Um, we've got a lot of a lot of coaching experts here that that are very successful in helping clients and helping veterans work through their claims. So, um, yeah, there's the information on on how to get your free discovery call. All right. Now, with all of that being said, why don't we just jump right into it? All right, Jeff. Absolutely, I'm with you. All right. Now, so the moment you've been waiting for, right? Um, today's topic is three options to consider if your VA claim is denied. Now, you know, as a, as a rating specialist, one of the things I hated more than anything, in all honesty, was having to deny somebody who I felt really deserved to be service-connected. And, and I say felt, but, you know, the evidence is there. Right. right. They're just missing one little piece or they're just they're missing a little bit of information. And uh, it's a frustration that I know that a lot of rating specialists had. So um, even so, just to kind of back up a little bit, I, I was an instructor for the VA also and taught other people how to be rating specialists. But just knowing the frustration that they felt also when they're rating claims. <laughs> sorry about that. Just what they felt when they were rating claims, it's, it's uh, man, it's, it's just a terrible feeling, right? So in 2019, before, actually before 2019, the VA had what were called legacy mm -hmm. appeals, okay? The AMA. Yep, yep. So those legacy appeals before that time, those legacy appeals could take five, six, seven years. They just drawn out for something as simple as... Uh, a rating specialist forgot to do something or, or a rating right. specialist missed something, right? So in 2019, actually, I think it started in 2017, but it took a okay. little while. In 2019, the VA said, oh, why don't we just, why don't we change the appeals, the way the appeals are worked? And that's when Congress came up with the Appeals Modernization Act, right? So with the Appeals Modernization Act, Jeff, are you, are you familiar with the three lanes that we can go down now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Two of the three we can uh, guide and coach you with, right? It's going to be first, your supplemental. Second will be your uh, HLR route. And we'll touch a little bit on the uh, BVA route. BVA, I you know, we as military folks like to acronymize things, BVA, STFU, I'm not going to repeat what that means, or you know, Semperfy. So what is BVA, Board of Veterans Appeals? That's kind of where those legacies are now being held at, right? That's that's where you have to get a lawyer or something like that. So we'll touch a little bit on that, but the supplemental, we'll start with that one first. Um, Daryl, I know you've gone through the process. I know everybody else in the chat section has gone through something and have a denial. A lot of the times when I get people coming to me, they've had a denial as well. So what's that first one that you said was supplemental? Right. Uh, yeah, first one, first one, um, Supplemental route. So if you were previously denied for a condition, let's just go with like, you know, one of the big ones is mental health. Okay. Right? So if you file the claim for PTSD, which is a pretty, you know, pretty common claim to file for, if you filed for that 
and you were denied that condition, um, the first thing I would advise is you to get that rating decision and look at it and find out why you were denied. Um, typically, when you're denied for a claim, it's either because you didn't have a diagnosis or you didn't have a nexus or that link linking mm -hmm. it to the service, right? Um, and it's all part of the Calusa Triangle, or as we call it here at BACI, the Golden Circle. Sphere, yeah. yeah. So, um, so either you didn't have that that link, or you didn't have that diagnosis. All right. And looking at your rating decision, the the rating specialist will tell you right there, this claim is denied because we could not find a link between your current condition and your and your service. Right. Um, so then that tells you what you need to get. So either you need to get a nexus statement. From a, from a credible source, or you need to get a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, then once you get whatever's missing, then you would go back in, you take that BA form 20-0995, and you would submit a supplemental claim. Um, be, the thing that makes it a supplemental claim is you're introducing new and relevant evidence, okay? Now, back in the day, the VA used to call it new and material evidence, and they kind of changed it up with the AMA, so it's new and relevant evidence. Okay. Remember that, everybody. Remember that. If you remember anything out of what we're talking about, supplemental examples we're using, words that we're using, I like to keep it short and sweet. New and relevant evidence, right? It has to be new and it has to be relevant. So if you did a statement before and then you did a new statement again and saying that it's a new one, but it was really the same one, that's not really new and it's not really relevant. So work with your coach if you're with us or if you're however, like whatever strategy you have like with the method that we have, focus your firepower and work with your coach and get that taken care of. I know some of the examples that I've worked with, Daryl, I've had, you know, I had an individual, he was on a boat during uh, uh, one of the uh, volcanic eruptions back in the early 90s, late 80s, like Pinatubo or something like that. His was denied because they said he didn't have anything. Well, he submitted DD-214, submitted a news article, and he also submitted a cruise book photo putting him in the area around that area. And he also, well, of course he did it himself. So we had to come back kind of regroup and fix what he needed to have. So he did, you know, went and got a diagnosis for the mental health and that nexus that's included. Right. And so then he submitted all that and we're still waiting, but I think it's a good claim because he had everything that he needed as a part of the strategy. So yes, absolutely new and relevant medical. Right. Right. And, you know, I actually, when I was a rating specialist, I was able to do the same thing with a Vietnam era veteran mm -hmm. uh, denied because they, we couldn't, we couldn't find evidence that, that uh, the veteran had actually served in Vietnam. Veterans sent in pictures of them in Vietnam. And we were able to concede Vietnam service due to that. But um, let's give some examples of new and okay. relevant information. Okay. So, uh, a new independent medical opinion, also called an IMO, that is an example of new and relevant evidence, something that hasn't been submitted and considered before by the VA, okay? Mm -hmm. um, new tests, new tests or medical examinations, right? LES statements can be used. And I, I know that my wife works for the company also, Jen, and she was actually able to get an LES statement of a veteran who served in a in a specific place and it said it on that LES statement, that leave and earning statement, um, they receive hazardous pay because they were there. So, you know, you got to um, get inventive with it. I had a guy with jump log. He had a complaint, no diagnosis complaint of, he had a jump log 
he had uh, information from his master sergeant. So a leadership role from an individual got him service connected because with that. Yep. Letters home. Oh, Actually, yeah. Letters home use. So um, same deal, Vietnam veteran uh, had letters that, that his his uh, girlfriend at the time had saved and his mom had saved while he was in Vietnam and used those because the, they put the APO address on there and you're able to concede um, due to that. So there are different ways that you can that there's different uh, new and material evidence or sorry, new and relevant evidence that you can use. All right. So some examples of when to use those when to do the supplemental claim um previous denial mm -hmm. right we talked about that uh your rating doesn't match your symptoms um you can provide additional medical evidence to support that your symptoms um are more severe than your initial rating like migraines uh, migraines yeah. would be a good one if you're you know what is it two two or three in the last two or three months Right. You know, you're only, but you're only rated at like 10 or 30, but you should be up at the higher level, especially if it's impacting your work, something like that, maybe. Right now. And, and I know a lot of people get confused. Okay. So I was service connected for, for, um, PTSD at 30%. So I'm going to submit a supplemental claim because now you were granted. So it wouldn't be a supplemental claim at that point. It would be a increase, okay. a claim for increase. So you wouldn't have to worry about the supplemental. Typically, we would use supplemental mostly in a case where you were previously denied and you need to submit new and relevant evidence in order to get that that uh, rating decision overturned. All right. So um, I get asked this a lot, too. So if I if I filed an intent to file in January, my claim was decided in August. Uh, they denied me, but I submitted an I submitted a supplemental claim in September. Will they back pay me all the way to January? And the answer is no. <laughs> no. The way it works with a supplemental claim, the VA made a decision on the evidence of record. Mm -hmm. Okay. So once you submit new evidence, that's evidence that the VA hadn't considered in the previous decision. Okay. They will take that new evidence that they didn't have before and your, uh, your, your, effective date would essentially be the date that you filed that that supplemental claim all right unless you did a intent to file in between there it gets a little confusing but hopefully that helps some people out out there so <laughs> so we're talking about supplemental claim what's uh the average wait time on a supplemental claim you know it's it varies what have you been seeing jeff i think what i've seen between four and six months Honestly, just because I know right now everybody going back to school after the summer, there's a longer wait time. And some of you may be receiving those letters saying your claim may be having longer processing time. So I've seen about four, maybe five months. Yeah. Yeah. And really, a lot of that depends on the regional office that you're working mm -hmm. with and, and the claims flow. So I kind of like to go over this just a little bit, just so so veterans are aware of the process. Mm hmm. Um, so once you file or once you submit your claim, it goes to Janesville, Wisconsin. They scan it all into their their Veterans Benefit Management System. Veterans VBMS. Yep. <laughs> so it goes up. To, yeah, it goes up to a cloud, right? So when a station needs work, they they take they take work out of that cloud. It's funneled to their station. All right. Mm -hmm. So a lot there's a lot of variables that are involved with that. 
it's it's uh you know it all boils down to who needs work how much work they need what type of work they need um which regional office you know what what rating specialist so there's a lot of variables in there so you know a, a four to six months average is is pretty good now sometimes it happens a little quicker and sometimes it takes a little longer but that's i've been seeing about four four and a half months average also quickest i've ever had no kidding mental health claim two weeks two weeks two weeks and got 50 percent without a cmp so sometimes that can happen too but yeah i've seen about two to three weeks fast and that was only been one or two the other time it's like five months so yeah that's on par so and one of the nice things about that supplemental claim too is that if you have a little issue getting the information like if you need to get a diagnosis or you need to get that that uh that nexus or an imo or whatever it is you need to get you have a year you have up to a year from the date you receive that denial letter to to do a supplemental claim so you have a little bit of time in there to, to, to gather new information um but it's kind of like jeff finney said on here always have an intent to file on record always best advice you can get always have an intent to file on record and if you're not sure if you have one or not call the va at 1-800-827-1000 and ask them okay ask them if you have one if you don't I mean, tell them you want to file one i'm 100 percent pnt and i have one every year just because my like since i live south of the border outside of the country I have specific considerations with another program that I need to have that intent to file if I so choose to keep getting care and stuff added to it. So yeah, it's 100% important to always have that on the ready in your uh, in your main pack. Right on. So we talked about supplemental claim. So let's say what happens if you, you got a rating decision and you submitted evidence showing that you should be at a certain level, but the VA, you feel under, you feel the VA underrates you. Okay. Or, um, they denied you and you feel like they got it wrong. What's, what's your option to do then? Higher, higher level, HLR, higher level review. Absolutely. Yeah. So you would, you would definitely want to do a higher level review. Now with a higher level review, unlike the supplemental claim where you can submit new and relevant evidence, higher level review, you cannot submit any evidence at all. Um, the VA will will assign it to a higher level reviewer. And usually these are people who have a lot more experience of what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, especially recently with the VA hiring all kinds of new uh, RVSRs or rating veteran service representatives. Um, these are people with more experience have been doing the job for a long time. Um, having those eyes look at your claim a lot of times you can get that claim overturned and instead of a denial getting that grant right mm-hmm. um, or instead of being at 30 percent for mental health they can grant you 70 percent for mental health or 50 percent for mental health or 100 percent for mental health so they can they can make changes just based on the evidence of record which is you know as opposed to having to wait five six seven years for that decision it's a lot faster route right <laughs> No, it is honestly, and, and on, it's it's a good process. I, I know an example that I had recently had every we had everything we needed to submit IMO. Okay, we had the IMO. We had all that. We had information in terms of like what we talked about, like cruise book photos, all that kind of stuff, and we submitted. He was denied. We submitted all the information that was needed, and it was denied. So, uh, veteran had him write up, you know, a rebuttal for the HLR. 
and you did it, submitted it, and they uh, wrote back, uh, what was the common thing that they write back? Um, it was a uh, duty to assist error on the part of the VA, the duty to assist error on their part. And he, with that rebuttal, he's still waiting for the decision. So he's in the process of it. But that shows that even the VA makes mistakes. Like we all make mistakes. Us Marines, we don't ever make mistakes. So that's just 100% the fact that we do not make mistakes. That's a joke, you guys. But the VA can make a mistake. So in his case, he's now waiting for that decision. And he brought to them to say, hey, this is what happened. Right. So the HLR is good to bring light to those mistakes that somebody may have missed. We're all human. Even if, like you said, they they brought on some new uh, new dudes and dudettes at the VA and you got to train them up. Right. You know, sometimes your Lance Corporal can't always be the most savvy sergeant or staff sergeant. You got to give some people some training. And this is one of those things to help uh, uh, recorrect, I guess you would say, those mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. And we all know that E4s run the military anyway. So. Um, you said O fours? Yes, absolutely. O fours. Yeah, O fours. Yeah, there's, there's that. There's that E in front of it. E4. Oh, I, I couldn't. All right. So, <laughs> so yeah, the HLR route to me, that's that's the logical route to go. But once again, you're going to want to look at that rating decision and see why you were denied, right? Um, you know, if they say you were denied because you didn't have a diagnosis, but you know you submitted a diagnosis, that's that's a classic example for a higher level review. All right. Um, if you saw, and, and this moves a lot quicker than than the uh, legacy appeals, like I was saying, these are about 125 days. And I've, I've actually seen these coming back faster than I have the supplemental claims, right? Mm -hmm. Supplemental claims have been coming back in four to six months. I've been getting these back in about a month and a half. I've half. seen that as well. That's, yeah. I can corroborate that. Yeah. So, um, higher level review, you know, that's that's one of those things where um, if you were denied a claim and you're not sure what to do, you know, you can talk to one of our coaches, uh, get on, get on, you know, get in the program, get in the elite program, talk to the coaches and they can kind of guide you in that direction on on which route would be the best route to go, whether a higher level review is for you or if a supplemental claim is for you. So um, those two those two are, are the most popular those are the two most advisable routes. Um, you know, I have another example, Daryl, if you can uh, kind of show, you know, we showed the processing error, right? You submit everything and the VA might not have caught something, or if you submitted everything and they just didn't consider any of it, like it went in and it was just denied outright. I know I get veterans that are, you know, th there's comments about the VA, right? But understand the VA is a bureaucratic entity. We, there's a lot of red tape. And you got to take it with a grain of salt that there's human error involved in the governmental process there. So I had one and individual as army vet career served, I think Iraq two or three times. And with that new PACT Act, um, if you don't have if nobody if there's no veteran here that has any idea what that is, check it out. Look it up. PACT Act. Get with your coach if you don't know what that is. That's the new um, new presumptive claims being added for Viet, uh, Vietnam vets, Agent Orange, as well as uh, the burn pit veterans. Right. And this specific veteran I'm working with, sinusitis, rhinitis, complaint in service, medical record in service, submitted a 21-4138 statement of support of claim just to cover the gap between the deployments and when she got off. Right. And still was denied. Still was denied. But doing the HLR, I think that'll uncover and show and put that now that evidence that was in front of somebody else, you're going to transfer it to somebody else because of this process. So it's it's honest to God, one of the better and quicker than supplemental. Absolutely. 
and and one of the benefits to an HLR over a supplemental claim. So a supplemental claim is going to go to a rating specialist. Typically, rating specialists only go so far back in the file, right? right? Because they have production standards, they have quality standards, so they're trying to work as quickly as they can through. HLR with that higher level reviewer, they're actually able to do what's called a de novo review, and they can review your entire file. They have that de novo review. De novo. Yep, de novo review. They can go in and they can they can they can look at your entire file, right, from start to finish. Um, they have the time that they can go through them page page by page by page to try to find the evidence to to cooperate or to support your claim. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why a lot of those HLRs are successful because they have the ability to do that and they have the ability to go in and see. Um, and and you know while we're talking about it, one of the things. If, ever, if anybody's ever seen their rating decision, it'll have an evidence listing, all right? Mm -hmm. So if you know that you submitted evidence and there's evidence missing in that listing, that's a, that's a you know, that's one of those ones where you'd want to look at whether you want to do an HLR or supplemental claim, but you'd want to find out if the VA actually did receive that evidence. And you can do that too by calling that 800 number that they put up earlier. Good. No, that's actually really the AMA decision that you're, what you're talking about. The other thing, if I can add on to that, that's a great caveat to the AMA decision. Like it'll say findings, favorable findings. So mm -hmm. it give you the breakdown on why they denied it, but it also gives you favorable findings. So if you're going for like a secondary claim, it will say, hey, you have a primary service connection or they'll even, what's the other one they say? Like you have a qualifying event, uh -huh. but they're not, they don't have, there's something specific they don't have. So whatever it is that you are going through, whatever claim you're going through, pay attention to that AMA or that decision review or the decision that they gave you, because pretty much it's going to tell you exactly what they need. It's going to tell you, you know, line it out. It'll give you, a, you know, an outline, not an answer to the test, but at least, you know, give you enough information to get your tubes on, on uh, target, you know, if we're talking artillery. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you, did anybody say something, but it's okay. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about HLR. We've talked about supplemental claim. There is a third route that you can go. Um, it kind of puts you back in that BVA, the board of veterans appeals route. Mm -hmm. um, but even that they've made, they've simplified that a little bit too. So it's not as um, cumbersome of a, of a tasking and it's, it moves, it's moving a lot quicker. And that's called uh, the third and final option would be, the BVA. All right. Okay. Now with this option, you have three sub options. All right. Or dockets. Um, you can do a direct docket, which is a review of all the current evidence by a, a, um, a judge, a VA law judge, right. Or a VA judge. Um, it's similar to a higher level review. So you can't submit any new evidence. They just review the evidence there. All right. Um, there's an evidence docket. All right. And that's review of your file plus any evidence, um, that you submit and that one's similar to a, a vb i'm sorry a supplemental claim all right and then they have a hearing docket and that's the opportunity to present your your case directly to a judge um, and you can introduce more evidence um during and after the meeting so you're you're able to actually sit in front of a judge and have a conversation with the judge um about your claim and and um Kind of plead your case and and those those are either in person or or virtual there's an option okay, okay. um 
that is not anything that that VACI helps out with. Um, I have directed some veterans that direction because I feel like they had such a strong case and we've gone through the supplemental and we've gone through the the uh, HLR route. So, you know, I, I have directed some there and they've been successful going down that route. Now, the nice part is um, with the direct docket, you're looking at about 100 and what was it, 125? 25. Yeah, 125 days. Um, you know, so you're not looking at five, six years down the road before you get your decision. These move a lot quicker because because of the AMA, right? Um, were you familiar with these, Jeff? Yes, I was. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I've referred to people, I think, in the last two years, because like you said, we've gone through all the, the channels and hoops that we can go through in order to adjudicate that. But I did want to ask you something that I'm starting to now use, and I know we're starting, is the informal conference under the HLR. I know on the 20 dash uh, 0996. Yeah, 0996, the application form. What'd you say? Six. Six. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't read there for a minute. Sorry about that. 20 0996. I thought he, you know, he was talking. He's he's from Pendleton, Yuma, guys. When we, I'm just joking. That's the sign that he throws up. Um, the informal conference is something that I'm starting to use. Could you talk about that? Because I'm just now, like, literally as of Monday, I started pushing my veterans to do that more so than doing a rebuttal letter, right? Yeah, that informal conference. So that informal conference gives you the opportunity to directly speak with whoever, whomever is, is uh, reviewing your claim. So once you submit that HLR on the 0996, mm -hmm. um, you do have the option on there to select uh, informal conference. Um, I believe it's section five. Five, yeah you have the opportunity to select an informal conference. And with that, you can set up a time either between eight and 12 uh, Eastern standard time or 12, 30, 12 and 430 yeah. Eastern standard time. And you will get a call from whoever's reviewing your claim. And mm -hmm. like I said, it's an opportunity for you to discuss your claim with the rating specialist. I think it's a great opportunity. Um, you know, if, if you know, and you're able to speak to why you feel like your your claim should be different than what was awarded, that is your opportunity to talk to that person. And, and we've seen a lot of success with that, with, with being able to do that. Rebuttal letters, um, you know, in all honesty, as a former, former rating specialist, a lot of those rebuttal letters, um, I, I still, I'm still looking at the entire file, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm still trying to figure out what we can do. So sometimes those rebuttal letters just they get put in the file, but they're they the evidentiary value of them is not great. Okay. Right. So yeah, this way, this way they can't ignore the phone call, right? They can't ignore talking to you directly hey, from person to person. So it's it to me it's a better option. Um let's see what else we got going on here. So those are the three. So the 0995 is for the supplemental claim. The 0996 is for the uh, HLR, and then the VA form 10182. The nod, is, yeah. Yep, is for the is for the VBA, the Veterans Appeals. Okay. Um, so let's let's that's basically what we've got. Those three. So let's. You want to go ahead and go in and take a look at some of these questions we've got in here. Yes, absolutely. All right. Let's start at the top and work our way down. 
here's one right here. Uh, Tim Davis, we'll just start there. Where are you at? I'm I just received hearing aids from the VA. I get no disability pay for hearing. I was rated for hearing issues, but zero rated. Should I try again to get disability for hearing? So the funny thing about hearing loss in the VA, okay, and, and treatment in general with the VA, and I, I'm going to cover this first before we go into, into Tim Davis's question. So just because the VA sees you for a condition, they provide medication for that condition or they give you a diagnosis for that condition does not mean that it's related to service, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, sleep apnea is a huge one and I hear it all the time. Went to the VA, had a sleep study done, they gave me a CPAP, I want a service connected. Just because you've got a CPAP and a sleep study from the VA does not mean it's related to service. You still have to have that golden circle, right? You have to have you have to have an event in service, you have to have a current complaint or diagnosis, and you have to have a nexus or a link linking that together. And then you need to have, you need to have that built up evidence. Okay. All right. So um, you receive hearing aids, you got a zero rating and, and keep in mind, there's a difference between having a zero rating and having a denial, not service related, right? So if you have a zero rating, with hearing loss, it takes, you almost have to be deaf to move off of 0%. I mean, you you really have to have hearing loss a lot, right? Um, and I'm so, rated at 0% too. I don't have hearing aids, but I've got bilateral because I was artillery and I can't hear the wife. I can't hear certain sounds. Like, I you know that's satirical, but like there's a lot of things I can't hear, but I'm still in the realm minor to mild, what do they call it? Like to be 0%. So yeah, it takes a lot. Yeah. And it all depends on the range where you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. that. Um, and you know, I, I have it with, you know, selective hearing is what I call it when the wife's talking to me, but yeah. Um, <laughs> not necessarily just, loss, but <laughs> I'm a disabled vet. I just lump it in the same area. There you go. Um, so whether you should go for an increase in that, um, you know, it work with your coach. If you got a coach, Tim, talk it over with them. See if it's viable. See, you know, talk about it. Legitimately talk to that other coach and say, hey, line it out. Don't just say, hey, because I have hearing aids. Right. Because the other thing on you have the you have the the health side. What I tell people is it's two sides of the same two different sides of the same family. Right. Where you go to get your your rating. And you get your medical, like what you just said. You can get seen and treated for one, but you're not going to get compensated for it. And a lot of the time, they're not going to talk, right? So if you do have that case where you do have a 0% rating and it, and it has gotten worse, and if you have a coach, Tim, work with uh, the coach on that for sure. Right. Um, yeah. You know, here, here at VACI, too, we like to focus a little bit on the higher value claims. So even it, you know, it depends on where you're at in the claims process, whether I would advise somebody to go for an increase, you know, if they need that last 10% to put them at hundred percent, I might push it there. Um, but we're going to go after those high value claims, you know, those claims, anything over 30% that we could um, potentially. And I tell veterans this all the time and they just look at me with, at, you know, like I lost my mind, but it takes 27, 10% to equal 100%. Right. So if you want to 10% the government to death, that's your call. Absolutely. But it takes 27 of those 10%, you know, and it's a lot easier to start off with a 30 or a 50 or a 70 
and then 10 percent them or 30 percent them you know to get to where you where you need to be legally morally and ethically but you know like i said if you want to 10 percent them to death you're you're going to be it's definitely going to be a marathon at that point all right uh cola gino um i know that brian will put out uh he'll put out a blog or information once the cola is approved and i think if you look um, he did put one out earlier this year. I know they're looking at a pretty big one. Um, what, what was it, eight to ten percent or something like that? But I, I'm kind of speaking out of school here, so I don't want to. I don't want to give anybody, you know, big hopes that they're going to be raking in money from the government. It's um, it hasn't been decided yet, but I know that I know that Brian, once it's decided, Brian will put out uh, either a YouTube video, a blog. There'll probably be all kinds of information on it from it. About November, December, you know, change from the fourth to the first quarter is when they usually put that stuff out for sure. Mm -hmm. um, Tanya Y Hudson, I'm PT. Will I lose my benefits if I try to get reevaluated for a higher percentage for each disability? I'm bound to, I'm bound, I'm homebound to, but want to work. So if you're 100% P and T, you can still work. You can still work. Right. But if you're well, here's my thing on the if you've already got a hundred percent PT rating, it's a personal mm -hmm. thing if you want to get those increased. I wouldn't do that because you're already at the 100 percent permanent and total level. Daryl, you may have different guidance on that. I've always if you're at 100 percent PT, for here's here's my example. I'm 100 percent PT. I, I don't have 27 things, but I've got about 12 things and a mental health rating. So if I need to receive care here in Mexico, I have to get something service connected in order to get it taken care of where I don't have to, where I can get reimbursed or I don't have to pay out of pocket. But if you're living CONUS and you're hundred percent P and T, I wouldn't do that. That's just me. What do you think, Daryl? Yeah, you're right. So veterans who live abroad, um, you know, Germany, we get a lot, we get a lot of people who live in Germany. Um, a few that live in the Philippines, different, different countries. Um, you're seen for each condition that you're service connected for. Mm -hmm. Whereas here in the United States or, you know, you're seen for everything once you're at hundred percent permanent total. Now I will tell, and I will advise all veterans that once you, if you are at hundred percent, or even if you're not at hundred percent, let's say you're at 50% for mental health. All right. And you decide that you want to get that condition reevaluated. There is always a chance that that condition can be reduced. Mm -hmm. All right. So before you do anything, make sure you meet the symptoms, right? The severity of your symptoms meet the next higher level, the next higher evaluation. Um, and there are several ways you can do that. You can get an IMO showing where you're currently at. Um, you can, you know, you know, if you're receiving treatment, um, a lot of times that treatment will match up also. But before you before you go and try to get reevaluated for any condition, number one, make sure you're not already at the maximum evaluation for that condition. Like migraines, I've had veterans at 50% and want to try to go higher. Tinnitus, 10% is the highest, and I've had veterans that want to go higher. They so they, I want an increase in my tinnitus. It's really bad. 10% um, it. So just make sure you meet the level for the next higher evaluation. Right, the symptoms for the next higher evaluation before you do anything. Um, and another question that, or another answer that kind of comes out of that with regard to the work, um, you got the hundred percent P and T on my right lateral limit. If I go over to the left lateral limit, I'm 70% aggregate, but I'm getting paid, right? The TDIU, 
that is where you have a you have a level that you can't work above according to i can't remember the whatever it's like 27. i'm not going to throw the number out there because i don't know it but you can't work over a certain amount of hours or pay depending uh, on your situation if that makes sense yeah so you bring up a good point so tdiu which is individual unemployability mm -hmm. first off there's a difference between being unemployed and being unemployable okay and veterans kind of get that that skewed sometimes but if you are if you are at 100 percent for for tdiu individual unemployability you are bound by whatever congress sets as the maximum amount you can make right and the va and the irs talk to each other so if you are getting tdiu and you think well i'm gonna make i'm gonna make just a little bit more than i'm allowed to make but they should allow me to keep it they won't right they will take it away so um so awesome. just make, there's yeah. a link as well check out some of the links these are articles that we put out for you all honestly i i use them all the time if you got a question i can text and send some information because they'll they'll line it out for you and and i'm 100 percent scheduler permanent total and i still work so you can you can still work all right same here thank you for that daryl honestly great breakdown um paul lesta yeah paul lesta um, tried to claim sinusitis, had a diagnosis, did a DBQ. We acronymize everything. DBQ means disability, disability benefits questionnaire. Uh, buddy lay statement. Nexus finally got rated at 0% for rhinitis after 11 months. Wait, how can I proceed to challenge the VA? Paul, if you're working with one of our coaches, that's where it comes in. I mean, if you're at 0% and your symptoms have gotten worse, increase right? If you're at the 0% increase, but make sure, right? I think rhinitis goes uh, 30. I think sinusitis, I, I always get sinusitis and uh, rhinitis mixed up. But if the rhinitis is that bad, it goes up to 30%. And if your symptoms meet that level, then that's your choice to go ahead and do an increase. But make sure that all your uh, coordinating instructions, like you just said, you had all the information all that work, all that information that you had put together into a nice package and submitted to the VA, they only gave you 0%. But that's a good thing because there are follow-on conditions, secondary conditions that you could or increase. So like I said, if you have a coach, talk through, hey, I've got rhinitis. One that I know is, uh, you know, sleep apnea, probably hardest to get service connected primarily. Secondarily as well, a lot of people think go for PTSD. If you've got rhinitis, sinusitis, and if it actually is caused by that, that's a condition that can be secondarily connected to, right, with the breathing issues. I'm not a doctor, of course. I know I am a Marine officer, should be at least a, a doctor. I'm just joking. You know, that's that's sarcasm. But um, that's a really good question. And congratulations on getting that 0%, Paul. I mean, I know it's, uh, even a 0% is something that I do celebrate with my veterans, 100% all the time. Yeah, 0% for rhinitis, that's a win because that's what they've been coming back at. Now, it's rated under Diagnostic Code 6522, and to get the 10%, you have to have some kind of blockage, all right, at least 50% yep. obstruction in one in uh, on both sides, right, which is not very common. Or you have to have, for the 30%, you have to have polyps, all right? So um, if you have those and you want to go for an increase, then by all means, go for an increase. Good deal. All right. No, that's a great, that is a great question. Great question. Um, 
I scrolled way too far down. I don't know where we're at, Paul. There we are. I got it. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry Kimberlin. How does one get with coffee with the coaches? How does one get? Okay, in order to get those, Jerry, and I don't know if you are currently uh, an elite member or not, but um, if you are, just talk to your coach. They can give you the calendar of classes. Mm -hmm. If you're not, do a discovery call or sign up with us, and you will get access to the coffee with the coaches and the mastermind classes and any classes, all of our resources that we have, actually. So um, there are a lot of good recess resources in our insider portal that you can use, um, which is awesome. Our insider portal was a, a system that was built just for VACI and it's very interactive. Um, and there's all kinds of resources in there. Um, but in order to get on coffee with the coaches and the mastermind class, you need to be an elite member. That's how you get your access to it. Now, remember, if you become a, an elite member and, and we're working through the process and you don't get an increase, there's no charge. I get that. I get asked that a lot, too. Uh, how much do you guys charge up front? We don't charge anything up front, right? Um, it's only if you win your claim. So if you don't win your claim, if you're denied your claim, there's no fee. You don't know anything. All right. Please so take not, a look at that contract. You know, if yeah. you want to do it, take a look at it if it's your fit. I know some people don't want to come with us. They want to go to VSO. Some people don't work with work with themselves. Everybody that I work with, grateful to work with me, and I'm grateful for to work with them simply because I know what it's like to be out there alone and unaf well, never as a Marine, we're never afraid to be out there alone and unguided, we'll call it that. Right. So take a look at it. Great question and great um Great description, Daryl. Honestly, right on. Don Lombard, uh, if you file if you file a letter of intent and do the spray and pray, are all things you sent in at the same time? Are they all under the? They are all under the letter of intent. But I would I would very much advise you, everybody on this call, do not do the spray and pray. No. Okay? Do not do the spray and pray. I did it. It worked about seventy percent i did about 13 things because who i was what i was doing i did 13 things and the two things that i wanted service connected were my knees torn acl my right uh i think it was my kneecap was busted in my left and i'm still not even service connected for my knees so the va could miss something so i was successful a little bit but like there just i would recommend it highly against it so as a as a former rating specialist every time you get those claims in so if you if you're gonna file a claim, I, I really recommend that you do three things tops, and the only three things would be if they were the same same system. So if you're doing musculoskeletal, you know you're doing both knees and a back. That's fine. Uh, mental health, I would keep that by itself. Mm -hmm. Once you start doing that spray and pray method, you throw all those conditions out there. Conditions get missed. They get underevaluated. They get put on the back burner, all right? Um, they can get deferred. So doing it like that, doing it like that, you're setting yourself up for frustration, in all honesty. Um, as a rating specialist, I take those 13 issue claims, and I did have one claim one time that was over 800 issues, just so you know. Yes, and I had to break it all down because they just went wow. through. They basically went through a medical dictionary and just copied it, everything. So um but those those get put on the back burner for a little while. The rating specialists like to work those fast and easy claims first so they can get those out. Like I said earlier, they do have a production um, standard that they have to meet as well as a quality standard that they have to meet. So 
with production, you know, a lot of those guys, once they get their production, then they'll start working those bigger issue claims. So keep it simple. Try not to overwhelm the rating specialist. Stick with just, you know, two or three conditions. Like I said, I always keep mental health separate, but just kind of stick with that. But if you do happen to do the spray and pray and you do have um, you do have an intent to file, everything that you file on that 526EZ is covered under that intent to file. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they could potentially back pay you. Um, and I'm not going to go into it on this call, but there's a lot of other things that can happen with an intent to file um, where you can only get service connected back to the date of diagnosis, not the date of intent. But that's a class for another time. Man, the amount of knowledge in your brain housing group, it's honestly, thank you for your expertise, Daryl. I do appreciate it, honestly. My knowledge is everybody's knowledge. I like sharing it. Um, We're going to kind of skip through here a little bit. Bob, Bob, how and where can you find a copy of your rating decision? If if you don't have a copy of your rating decision, you can call 1-800-827-1000 and ask them to email you a copy of that rating decision. All right. Now, if it's a new rating decision, you'll have to wait seven to 10 business days. Mm-hmm. But then after that 10th day, call and they can they can email that to you. Okay. We've got some. Here that are, Semper uh, Fi, Bob. He said he was first recon Vietnam earlier. So Semper Fi and welcome back, brother. Hoorah. Luis, this is a good one. This is a good question. If you're on standby with BVA for hearing docket, can I do a supplemental? I've been on standby for about two years now. Now, the question then begins, are you trying to do a supplemental claim on those in the BVA process? If that's the case, Daryl, what do you think? I would say negativo. Like, no. I would, no. Yeah, I would stay away. So the example I like to give is if you're doing a low back condition and you've got low back condition as part of your BVA hearing, right? Mm-hmm. But now you want to do a supplemental claim. Your back condition is denied. So you're trying to get the BVA to overturn it to grant it. So now you want to do a supplemental claim on radiculopathy, which is that numbness tingling in your legs. Um, secondary to your back condition. Number one, you can't service connect something to a non-service connect condition. Right. So you would have mm-hmm. to wait on the BVA decision for that. But if you're doing something that's totally unrelated to your BVA decision, by all means, you can do you can do a, you can do a supplemental claim, as well as if you have an HLR out there for the same. If you have an HLR for a back condition and you want to do mental health, you can absolutely do a supplemental claim while you have an HLR going. They're seen by different people. They're they're evaluated by different people. So by all means, absolutely. Good questions, everybody. We got about two minutes left. Uh, honest to God. One of my favorite classes that I've taught in the last two years. I want a lot, lot of information. I want to deal with Lee because just because I love saying this, PFB pseudofolliculitis barbe. All right, <laughs> the skin condition. It's bumps, and <clears throat> my wife goes nuts because I love saying it. Pseudofolliculitis barbe. Um, yes, it's a service connectable condition. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Um, you have a shaving profile, a diagnosis of VA. It is absolutely. Typically, it comes back at a zero or ten percent, but it is absolutely a service-connectable condition. PFB. Now we've got a new acronym. Thank you for acronymizing it, Lee. Minus <laughs> <laughs> um, David Hale, I think it is. Uh, yeah. Can you 
explain a little bit about the 50. So there is no 55 rule. Okay. There is no rule. It's 55 years old. When you turn 55 years old, the likelihood of you having a routine future exam, it's very unlikely that you're going to have one. Okay. So it's not necessarily a rule. It's just kind of a, I don't, I don't want to call it a courtesy that the VA offers, but after 55, the VA acknowledges that your condition is probably not going to get any better, right? So the 55, the, the age of 55 is, is basically the cutoff for, for having those, um, having those routine future exams. And instead of being found permanent in total, then you have a routine future exam. Doesn't mean that they can't give you one. It just means the likelihood is very, very low that they're going to give you one. Keep going down here. We've got, oh, it is the top of the hour. Yeah. Yeah. And I really apologize if we didn't get to your question. Um, I do know that we go back and we answer the questions and and you will get a response for those. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, our, our wonderful Kelsey, she usually does that and goes back through and, and answers those questions. Um, but Jeff, it's been an absolute pleasure teaching with you today, working as with you. well. Semper Fi, brother. Thank you. All right. And for all of those veterans out there, um, you know, it's it, it, the, the path you take is, is, is your choice. Um, if this company would have been around when I was going through the, the frustration of the VA, um, I definitely would have used this company. I definitely would have. There's a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge. And a lot of resources here. Um, and like Jeff said earlier, best job I ever had. True All right. story. All right. So it is the 1201 now. Um, everybody have a great day or not. The choice is yours. Make <laughs> the most out of it. All right. See you guys.